you are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach, and although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast. And today I'm just so excited to have Steve Lowell back on the show. And actually, if you're listening to this in September, which you probably will be, if you go back to the end of July, Steve's first episode was chosen as one of the top 25 episodes of the podcast. So I suggest you go back and listen to that one to do. But today I'm excited because we're going to be talking about creating a 100K signature talk. Now, Steve is a multi-award winning speaker. He's a three-time number one best-selling author. He's a master trainer for high-impact speakers with a track record that speaks for himself. He has given over 3,500 keynote speeches, 5,000 seminars, and trained more than 500,000 speakers globally. I'm impressed. <laughs> Steve always delivers innovative strategies that help speakers drive revenue from the stage and build wealth through speaking. Welcome to the show, Steve. Kim, thanks for having me back. It's, it's just so great to be here. Now, like I said, you can actually listen to the first episode. It'll be the end of July. But Steve was actually on for the first time last year. So, Steve, why don't you just take a few minutes and give us an update? What's been happening in your life since the last time you were on the show? Oh, my goodness. It's interesting because it has been one of the biggest years for us, not just professionally, but personally as well. You know, we've had to move, which is is, is always a big thing. And we've decided, uh, you know, Jane and I, my wife, Jane and I, we were traveling all over the world, you know, and this is how we made our living, right? We were traveling everywhere all the time. And it was glorious. It was fun. It was exciting. It was all the things it should be. And then, and then COVID hit. And of course, all the traveling stopped. So we had to do the pivot, right, to bring the business online. And so we've, we've done that. But then we decided that we're going to be much more selective in our traveling. And because we kind of like doing this from home. I mean, this is kind of cool, you know, so we, we got that groove going. So we decided we didn't need the big house. We had a big 8,000 square foot home, you know, but we decided we don't need that anymore. We're going to, we're going to downsize. So we've downsized to a beautiful little home right on the riverfront here in Ottawa and on the Rideau, Rideau River. And so that move, you know, I don't know if you've ever had to downsize, but it's like taking all the stuff that fits into this space and fit it into this space, right? And we go, uh-oh, what are we going to do with all of these things? <laughs> so it's been, it's been busy. And then we've converted a big part of our business to uh, online and ramped that up. So a lot has happened since I talked to you last. <laughs> so Steve, you don't know this, but last September, we moved from Ontario to Nova Scotia and we had to downsize a house we had lived in for 30 years. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here. <laughs> and we had seven weeks to do it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's crazy. I, I don't necessarily recommend it 
you know, <laughs> for people. <laughs> the only benefit is like some point we may have to move again for because Ross is doing a second career mm. and we may have to move again. But at least this time we've gotten rid of so much stuff that packing this house is going to be way easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Steve. I loved what you said there about, you know, you made the pivot. You didn't let COVID sort of wipe you out. I've, I saw a lot of speakers who just didn't know how to transform mm. from, you know, like you said, the traveling to the online world. So just before we get into creating that thousand K speech, can you talk a little bit about that? What was that like? And what were some of the things you did? So, you know, we, we earned all of our living from live events and that's why i've done so many keynotes and so because i would speak at events fly over the world and speak at live events and and when that stopped we had to make make the pivot now fortunately a lot of the training that i had done in the last you know x number of years has been done virtually because i have clients all over the world and so i'm in ottawa canada i've got clients in singapore or new zealand or wherever obviously we're going to do it this way so i was you know reasonably savvy with the technology so I just dug in and did some research, found out what do I need to make this happen? And, and so we just started putting things together and learned. Here's some of the major lessons that we learned. I have a studio here. You can't see it, but I have a studio with every gadget known to man because I'm a gadget geek. But I don't need 99% of what I've got here. All I really need is my laptop, right? But I yeah. like to play with the toys. So I got the toys. But all you really need to do business is a laptop and, and some confidence to be able to, de- to deliver your message virtually the same way you do on a stage if you're a speaker. And one of the toughest changes was looking at the camera and seeing the audience there. Because if you've ever done speaking, and I know a lot of your audience has, I know you have, you know, you get a lot of your energy from the audience. And the biggest challenge for me was getting the energy from the camera and knowing that in behind this little green light on my camera is are people, real people watching. And so learning how to make the camera the audience was, was probably the toughest part of the whole thing. I hear you. One of the reasons why I have guests on my show and for a long time I had a co-host was I had a hard time talking to the camera by yeah. myself. Yeah. I, I tough thing for people. Yeah, you like the feed. We all do, right? We like the feedback. And so, but that's that was probably the technology, it's not you figure it out. You can be as advanced or as simple as as you like. And but getting past that no audience thing was tough. But once we got past that, I kind of enjoy it. You know, I've been able now to do seminars and speeches and events all over the planet in places that would be difficult to travel to for us, you know, mm-hmm. like the Philippines or, yes. you know, India. And I can get up and I can do those anytime that that I like. And, and I'm kind of getting used to this virtual space. And I like the fact that, you know, when you and I are done here, I'm going to get on another interview from somebody else, another part of the world. And then I'm going to get on my boat and I'm going to spend the afternoon on the boat. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of nice for me. <laughs> oh, the Riedel Canal. and Oh, yeah, that's a nice area. I've, I've seen that part of Ottawa. And it's a good time of year. It's hot. Is it sunny there right now? Today it is. Well, Today's July, as you know, and so it's very, very, very hot and sunny today. And by the time this, you know, folks see this in September, I don't know what it's going to be like, <laughs> but today it's, oh, it's cool. very, very hot. But you see, here's the thing. This takes us to the topic, right? This kind of takes us to the 100K Signature Talk. Mm-hmm. The reason we can do these things is because we've kind of learned the, techno- the techniques to 
take any speaking engagement, big or small, virtual or live, and turn it into a money maker using very specific techniques and strategies. And, and I was amazed and you know, pleasantly surprised when I found that these techniques are equally effective virtually as they are live. And anybody with valuable product or a service that people want, I mean, there's some foundational stuff that needs to be there, but anybody who has a coaching program or an online program or something that people will actually pay for can do this, can turn mm -hmm. any speaking opportunity into a revenue generating activity. And, and the 100K comes from, from this. You know, we picked the number out of the air. The reality is that you can, you can do far more than 100K with yes. some skill and some practice and a good program and a good offer and all, all those pieces come into place. But we picked 100K because it was, it's a number that a lot of entrepreneurs strive for. It's like a marker, right? 100K is, is often a, it's a goal that people set mm -hmm. for. Maybe it's for their annual income or 100K a month or 100K for the program. 100K is a marker. marker. So we picked 100K because it's believable and it's really not that difficult once you know how to do it. And so 100K signature talk could mean you give a talk and earn 100K, which I have done many times and I've got clients who've done it many times, or it could mean to you $100,000 of extra business in the year through speaking. Mm -hmm. And it's different for everybody. So that's where the 100K comes from. But those principles that allow us to do that are the reason why we can do what we do. They're the reason yes. we can be here at home, do this, and then go and have a lifestyle. We built a lifestyle business through what I call the art of the 100K signature talk. Wow. Well, I love how you reference both sides of it because with speaking, it's not only just the fees that you get for speaking. And sometimes, I mean, I've been in situations where I've either spoken for free I have occasionally paid to speak as well. I mean, those things too. But if you have that right, right speech, you know, even if you don't get paid to speak it, it's the business that you can get from it. So I loved that you mentioned it because I think people have this conception that you only can get, you only get money from speaking by speaking. Right. Okay. Can we talk about that for, for a moment? Sure. Okay, so I'm going to break it down this way because there is a misconception there and it's an important one that, that I, I'd like to clear up. So if we take the speaking, the whole speaking thing, and if we simplify it, we've got these two worlds. We've got the paid speaker world, which is what you were talking about. You go to the place, you speak, you get paid, you go to the next one. And I have colleagues you know, all around the world who make a, an excellent seven-figure living doing exactly that. I did that for, for some years, uh, but there's that world. And that's the world, like you said, a lot of people think that's where they're going to go. But then there's this other side. I'm calling it, you know, the uh, speak to sell. Now, those are dirty words for a lot of people, but basically what it means is what you said. You go and you speak without being paid a fee, but you generate business. And so I spent some years in this side being paid to speak. And then I made the shift over to this side. And I I'll be honest with you, I haven't been paid. I've been paid to speak one time in the last probably five years. I don't get paid to speak anymore. And the reason is because there's nobody out there that's going to pay me what I can learn by generating business. So, so what I'll do, and this is our business model now, and is, you know, we do our own events. We go to pe other people's events and I waive my fee. I never say I speak for free. What I say is I waive my fee. And so yeah. my fee is up there. My, you know, if they're going to pay me to speak, it's $20,000. So I waive my speaker's fee because I want to get in front of that audience 
it's a targeted audience. I'll waive my, my speaker's fee if I can make a passive offer and I will generate leads and, and I'll make far, far, far more from business than I will in a, in a speaking fee. So when, and then you talked about being uh, paying to speak, that's called pay to play. I've done that. I still do that. I've paid as much as $50,000 to be on a specific stage with specific people in front of a spe specific audience and, and make five or 10 times that from that experience. And, and so, you know, a lot of people resist that model. What do you mean pay to, when I first heard about that, I thought that's crazy. Somebody came and suggested to me, I could get on their stage in front of their clients, in front of that targeted audience and do my thing. And it's only 35,000. And I, what's 35,000? Well, you pay me 35,000 to get on the stage. And my first thought was, I don't, I don't think you understand how this works. I'm not, I don't pay you to get on your, I'm the guy you pay to get on yeah, your not stage. Likely. <laughs> yeah. But then reality descended and I realized this, almost every business has expenses, right? The traditional business, you know, we're paying for advertising, we're paying for websites, we're paying for store frontage, we're paying for inventory, we're paying for staff, we're paying for uh, marketing, we pay, pay, pay for all these things. And pay to play is instead of paying for those things, you pay to put yourself in front of the right audience. Either way, you're going to pay to generate business. That is the nature yeah. of business. So all that being said is when people come to me to learn to speak, I make this distinction and make sure their expectations are clear. Some of them say, yes, I want to be a paid speaker. Okay, that is a very specific path that we can we can pursue with very specific challenges and objectives and, and techniques. Mm -hmm. But people come to say, I'm a coach. I'm a high-end coach. Well, you don't want to be paid a speaker fee. You want to develop business. So that's a whole different path. And I'd say 90% of my clients now follow that path where they use speaking to generate business. Thus the name 100K Signature Talk. Because is it possible to be paid $100,000 to do a speech? Yeah. If you're Barack Obama, you can do that. Right? Or if you're a superstar, you can do that. You can be paid more than that. But most people are not going to get anywhere near that ever in their speaking career. Could you earn $100,000 in business from speaking? Almost anybody with a little bit of skill, a little bit of knowledge, some technique can do that. And so that's the direction I like to play. That's the direction my clients usually like to play. And that's kind of where we go. So that's kind of simplifies the speaking world a little bit. Love it, Steve. Love it. Thank you so much for clarifying that because it is a misconception. And like you said, there's so much more potential in not being paid to speak. Mm -hmm. Just I love it. I love it. I love it. So now, Steve, let's shift gears a little bit because we've got about 15 minutes or so left. Let's talk about the speech itself, because, I mean, that's always the next question. It's like, well, what do I talk about? Right. Okay. You just want me to go on that? Because there's there's a lot I can... Okay. Yeah, I go on it, Steve. Okay. All right. Uh, I could go on that for hours, but let me see if I can break it down to some of its most simple, most important pieces, okay? If yeah, you're okay. going to speak with the objective of getting clients, driving people into your into your business. Here are some of the components that I believe absolutely have to happen. Number one is you need to be selling something that people want. Okay? That's a pretty basic thing. But and if nobody wants what you have, it's just not going to work. So, the, so you need to have something that people want. And how do you define that? Well, it's generally something that solves a known problem, just like any other product in the entire world. Okay. So you need to have something, whether it's a message, whether it's a coaching program, a product, a book, a training, whatever it is, needs to be something that people want and will are willing to pay for. So that's the foundational piece. Nothing is going to happen unless that's in place. So that's number one. Number two is this. 
You need to be able to package it. You know how you go to the store or you go on Amazon, everything's packaged in some way. They got photographs and they got videos of people using it and they got logos and they got, you have to package your product or service properly. And you do that from the platform or from the screen in the form of an offer. So the offer that you extend to that audience needs to be packaged up in a way that the audience goes, okay, I I can do that. I'm interested in that. I can do that. Mm -hmm. The offer may be assertive as in, you know, by now in the next 15 minutes, You'll get a discount. It could be assertive and aggressive like that, or it could be really passive. Come and talk to me. Listen, you know, send me an email and we'll chat. It can be really, really passive and anything in between. But what's important is the audience needs to feel like I want what that speaker has, and it's going to be easy for me to transact and talk to that speaker. So those are the two things. Those are the easy things. Here's the difficult thing. Here's where most people make the mistake when they're trying to generate business when they speak is what they do is they get on the stage or on the screen and they solve the audience's problem. They Mm -hmm. teach them things. And I did this, Kim, for years and I didn't even know I was doing it. I had this misconception that basically said, you know, if I just teach them enough, they're going to think I'm awesome and they're going to want to come and buy from me. And I learned the exact opposite is true. Do not teach them how to solve their problem when you speak. Otherwise, they're going to walk away thinking they can do it themselves. They don't need you. They can't do it themselves. And whatever you taught them to do isn't going to work. And now you look bad and you haven't served anybody. So what we have to do is this. We need to give the audience clarity about their problem. And what that means is this. It means we need the audience to have these kind of outcomes in their head. They should be thinking things like, no wonder I'm not making enough money. No wonder I can't get healthy. No wonder my relationships are in in shambles. No wonder my business isn't growing. They need to have a, oh, a no wonder, right? Right where they go, oh, I get it now. So that's what we need to distribute to our audience. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing that needs to happen is we need the audience to have this moment of awareness that they themselves need to change. And so it's like this. We want the audience to go, you know, I've never considered it like that before, or I've never heard it like that before. I've never thought of it like that before. So if these things happen, if we can give the audience a no wonder moment where they go, no wonder it's not working for me. I've never even thought of it like that before. I like what this speaker's got. It's going to be easy to speak with them. I'm going to take some action. That's kind of the flow of events. But so many speakers say, let me teach you my stuff. Let me tell you how awesome I am. Let me tell you about all my credentials. Here's the bottom line with this, and then then I'll let you take it away from here. But the bottom line is this. Your audience, when you're a speaker, whether you're on a stage or on a screen, what you want is you want your audience to feel understood by you. You want your audience to think, that's me. This speaker is speaking directly to me. But most speakers get up and try and get their audience to understand them. Most speakers get up and say, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you about me. Let me tell you all the things I've done. Let me tell you about all my clients. Let me tell you about my unique system, my four strategies to this, my five pillars to that, my seven secrets to this. All of those things are important, but most speakers take those things and put them up front and try and impress the audience with the bigness that is me. So hopefully you will want to hire me when what we should be doing is saying to the audience, look, I understand you. I get you. This is what's happening. This is why you're having that problem. This is what you need to change to solve that problem. And then if you think it's easier to change that with my help, let's chat. It can be as simple as that. Wow. You just unpacked something huge there, Steve. Mm. Because I've done speaking and I always thought I had to do the teaching thing because I'm a teacher at heart. Yep. Oh, you just kind of really 
change the frame my brain's working in right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that happens, you know, that that's, but that's the shift we have to make. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, oh, my brain's just going right now. <laughs> you know, when you, one of the things I have talked to my clients about, especially when they're on social media, when they're creating content, things like that, is showing potential clients that you understand their problem better than they do. Yeah, of course. That's exactly right. That's exactly it. And and the next step to that, sort of the next level to that is, yes, one, definitely, you want to demonstrate that you understand their, their problem better than they do. But if you can do this, if you can bring their awareness to a problem they never even knew they had, Mm. that causes the problem they recognize. Now what you're doing is you're giving them this entirely new level of clarity, right? Demonstrating that you know the problem better than them is very, very important. Needs another step, and that is to get your audience to say, I've never even thought of that before. That had never occurred to me. And, and so here are some of the things we want to try and do, Kim, you know, is we want to we shake their beliefs. We want them to question that which they currently believe to be true. We want to rattle their paradigms, right? We want to make them think, I need, maybe I need to think differently, reset their expectations. Well, maybe I need to expect something different from what I'm doing right now. Maybe I need to change what I'm doing and set my expectations to this other things. We need to rattle their cage a little bit and get them kind of to shake their head and say, I'm, I'm doing this all wrong. This is never going to work for me. I need yeah. what that speaker's doing. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be one of those episodes where I'm going to be chewing on this one for quite a while after this episode. Is and Kim, recorded. that's what you want your audiences to do when yeah. you speak. And this is for all of your listeners. Whenever you speak, that's what you want. You want your audiences to be going, I got to chew on this for a bit. I got to, my cage is rattled. That, and that's what you want. Oh, <sighs> Take a deep breath, Kim. You're going to be fine. <laughs> like the questions come so quickly but okay so let let's backtrack a little bit because we, we have a few minutes left sure so talked about the fact that you know telling your story you're teaching your training you know showing how big you are is not really um, like the main element now is there an element in the speech where you do talk about your story yourself oh, sure. like how to me like telling story creates that relationship Yes, that is the intention of telling the story. Um, that's one of the intentions of telling the story. The other intention of telling the story is this. Okay, let, let me try and explain it this way. <clears throat> Three outcomes to telling stories. Okay, and if we, even if I back up, if we take the, the whole concept of storytelling, let's let's break it, it up into two categories. Okay, one category is benefits for the audience. The other category is benefits for the speaker. This is the one that is most often misunderstood. Benefits for the audience. The story needs to be entertaining. Yes, it needs to be inspiring. Yes, it needs to be exciting and interesting and all and engaging. It needs to be all of those things. And that's benefit for the audience because we want the audience to like the and enjoy, maybe learn from the experience of hearing the story. All of that is true and you cannot ignore that. What often gets ignored is this other side. Three benefits to the speaker of telling your story. And this means you select the stories in part based on these outcomes and you tell the story in part based on these outcomes a certain way. Number one is ideally if the story can reveal your expertise, not you telling the audience your expertise, but it reveals the expertise. Mm -hmm. So for example, and I have 
example, I have one story, very short. I won't do it here, but I, have, I do this all the time on stage or on screen. I ask the audience, put up your hand if you're in the market for a tennis instructor. Usually no hands go up. Three minutes later, I say, put up your hand if you're in the market for a tennis instructor. Every hand in the place goes up. And what happens in between is the demonstration of my expertise. I can turn an entire audience from none of them being in the market for a tennis instructor to almost all of them being in the market for a tennis instructor in three minutes. And does is it demonstrates they see the change right before their eyes so if you have a story that demonstrates your expertise that's a powerful use of story number two is if, if you have a story that validates the results that you provide that validates the results so that's you tell client stories how did you serve this client what store what problem did the client come in with and what solution was implemented and what results did they get? So a story like that is very powerful. And then the story that reveals something about your personality. I've got goofy stories, mistakes that I've made, stupid things I've done, funny things I've done. I bring those stories in because I want my audience to know this guy's kind of goofy. Like he, he's a fun guy, right? I want the audience to feel that. So yes, I want them entertaining and inspiring and all those things. And that's important. But in addition to that, I want them to be able to listen to my story and go, wow, this guy's good. And I want them to listen to my story and go, yeah, he's the real deal. And I want them to listen to my story and think, I could work with this guy because he seems fun. These are benefits to the speaker, you see. So, so many people just tell stories because they think the audience is interested in the story. The audience is interested in far more than your story. They want to make sure that you understand them. They want to feel safe yeah. with you. And they want to feel that you are actually qualified to help them. And your stories, if they're properly selected and if they're properly told, can accomplish all of those things. Wow. You and I could go on for a very long time in this conversation, Steve, but I know we're pretty well out of time here and I need to respect that. I think we'll have you on again. I'm happy to come back anytime. (laughs) What I would love for you to do is to share one final thought and how can people connect with you? Do you have any freebies or, or something that you would like to offer the audience today? Yeah, there's lots of things available. Just go to stevelowell.com. There's always something going on there. There's downloads there. There's lots of things there. And, and go and pick and choose whatever, you know, whatever meets your needs the best. So go to stevelowell.com. Everything is there. But if I, if I was to leave with, with one thought, one piece of advice, it would be this. Understand this. Speaking is not about a transference of information. Speaking is about a transference of emotion. Now, what that means is, yes, we use information, but the purpose is I want you to feel about my message the way I feel about my message. Yes. Now we have communication. So if that's the only thing you get out of this experience today, it was time well spent. Steve, awesome. As always, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate you coming back on. And audience, I highly suggest, first of all, you go back, you listen to this again, you take notes. But secondly, share this out. If you have other people in the entrepreneurial sphere, consultants, professional speakers, share this out and let's get this wonderful information out there. So this has been Steve Lowell and Kim Thompson Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. 
and many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.